0: This is the Tuesday, December 21st edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for tonight, so settle in and we'll set you up in a little more than 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Tyler Fulgham and Aaron Dolan with you, fresh off of a duo of football games on Monday night. We get a treat, two more. Tuesday night football games. They'll be taking place simultaneous, simultaneously pardon me, on opposite coasts. In Philadelphia, you have the Washington football team visiting the Eagles, laying six and a half. And in L.A., you have the Seahawks visiting the Rams. The Rams favored by seven. Let's start in your neck of the woods there, Aaron. The Eagles, again, laying six and a half. A low total of 41 and a half with the Washington football team coming into town. Before we get to props, first, any uh, game script you'd like to develop for side and total?
1: Yes. So I'm looking at the total for this game and all morning I've been trying so hard to make the case for an over because I just want to see points in a game like this. But unfortunately, (laughs) I think we're going to see under 41 and a half of this. I... You think that the Eagles can exploit Washington football's defense, which ranks 28th overall, 27th against the pass. I think that's where they're going to have to exploit them. So you might see big games for Devonta Smith, Jalen Reger, Quez Watkins, but just in general, I can see the Eagles put up points like 24, 27. I just don't know what's going to happen with this Washington football team. So for that reason, I'm definitely going to go under and also some trends that support that the under is seven and one in the Washington football team's last eight games overall and eight games as an underdog the under is also 13 and three. The Eagles last 16 home games versus the team, the losing record. So I, although I'm trying to find a way to make this an over game, I just keep screaming under in the last four under games that I've taken. I've gone over. So maybe (laughs) things will change when I choose this under, but that's how I'm playing this game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Actually, Uh, it was 42, 42 and a half is down to 41 and a half. And I'm either an under or a pass. I do think there are paths to the over, but that's kind of like the, the upper 5%, upper 3% performance for especially the Washington football team, like you were pointing out. When you look at the Eagles, they want to run the football. They do it as much or more than any team in the NFL, and that, of course, suppresses play volume. That speeds up the clock. And those are both bad things as far as maximizing your probability of scoring points. Um, they, there is a few weapons on the Washington football team offense, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, if he is playing, but McLaurin's coming off a concussion. Um, the Washington football team, I imagine is going to concern or in the Philadelphia defense, pardon me. I imagine is going to concern themselves way more with Gibson than any other weapon on that Washington football team offense. Taylor Heineke's kind of regressed a little bit and he seems to be banged up. So, Like you, I'm just not sure how many points the Washington offense will contribute to this game. The way I kind of see it playing out, the the number's a little too big, the spread, but I I just think 20 to 24 points is really all that will be required to win this game. So if you get a 24-17 type of game or, you know, a a 23-16 type of game, that's going to be one that I think is most probable in terms of final score, and that would fit the bill for an under there at 41 and a half. Now to the West Coast, Rams and Seahawks. Oh, I'll tell you what, before we get to the, that game, let's get to the prop market, because there is a, at least a prop I want to play in this game. I'll let you kick it off, Aaron, before I get ahead of myself. In that Washington-Philadelphia game, are there any props that you think stand out as uh, strong plays?
1: Yes, I'm looking at Devonta Smith over 47 and a half receiving yards now heading into week 15. The Eagles ranked number one overall in rushing yards per game. So a lot of people are going to be looking at the running backs But the Washington football defense ranks fifth in opponents rushing yards per game and are getting some pieces back on defense, given that this game was pushed back. So I think that Jalen Hurts is going to have to put it in the hands of the wide receivers to really get it done. Plus, the Washington football defense ranks 27th against the pass. Now with Smith, he's averaging 50 receiving yards per game. and He's failed to come close to 47 and a half in the last two games, but he has hit over this number in seven of 13 games he's played in. I just think this is an area that they could potentially exploit and win this game by getting it again in the hands of the Eagles wide receivers. You could also take a look at Quez Watkins, his receiving yards props at 26 and a half. He's hit this in eight games, Uh, eight of the 13 games that he's played in. And um, he also had 60 receiving yards against the Jets. So those two, I would definitely take a look at.
0: Yeah, I'm on a a Philadelphia player prop as well. That's Jalen Hurts over 44 and a half rushing yards. I believe he's cleared this in every game this season, but one, you're usually going to see a floor of nine to 10 carries from uh Jalen hurts which you know can be any combination of design runs and then plays he just creates uh, when he drops back and doesn't see something he likes uh, from the coverage but uh, by and large you know Jalen is going to run the football 10 11 12 times and 44 and a half has been a threshold that he's cleared pretty easily you mentioned how some of those uh, defensive linemen are back for the Washington football team Jonathan Allen off the covid list Matt Armantez sweat back as well so uh, those are guys who can put pressure on the uh, quarterbacks force Hertz out of the pocket and make him use his legs to create. Uh, they could also make the running game far less efficient for the likes of Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Kenneth Gainwell, every single running back that's available for Philadelphia and that dreaded running back by committee. But uh, just think that line's a little bit too low on the player prop for Hertz rushing yards, considering he's cleared that threshold in all but one game so far this season. All right, I was getting ahead of myself, but uh, let's go to the West Coast now. My Rams taking on the Seahawks, coming off that big win against Arizona. This game pushed from Sunday to Tuesday as well. Rams laying seven. Total, that's um, that's moving up pretty uh, dramatically. 45.5 yesterday. It's now 47 today. I wouldn't be surprised to see that keep moving. Again, we'll get to props in a second. But side or total, that tickles your fancy, Aaron.
1: So I'm actually going to go with the Rams first half spread minus three and a half because I just want to get in, get out on this game because there's a part of me that thinks the Seahawks could potentially be able to cover, but the Rams are better against the spread in the first half, seven and six compared to the Seahawks five and seven first half against the spread record. I'm not really buying the Seahawks and turned a corner just because they've won two straight games. Plus Rams are a much better team all around. They're getting key players back like Jalen Ramsey, Daryl Henderson, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm still concerned, obviously, that they haven't really been practicing. They've been in virtual meetings all week, so that could absolutely impact chemistry so I just want to get in get out on this game spread for the Rams minus three and a half
0: yeah I I I understand what you're saying there with it now up to seven when it was at six and a half I didn't love the Rams but it was certainly certainly a much stronger play at six and a half if you're a Rams backer than it is now at seven it's obviously a key number that half point may not seem like much but that makes a massive difference in probability for you to win versus push versus lose so at plus seven I would either take the Seahawks side or I would pass. Um, I I think the total is something that is easier to attack. And again, it's shooting up. So hopefully you were on this earlier in the week, maybe even as as soon as yesterday. But even at 47, I think over is the play. So again, it's over or pass on on that. I would not play the under. The Rams promote play volume and they promote scoring because their offense is so efficient, averaging 28.2 offensive points per game. That removes you know, the defense and special team scores Uh, that's second in the NFL to only the Buccaneers. So they get pretty much four touchdowns per game is the average you're going to get from Sean McVay's offense that makes other teams throw. And when you throw, There's more clock stoppages. There's more play volume. More play volume equals, and throwing, of course, uh, equals more explosive plays as well. There's more scoring. So I've seen now Russell Wilson kind of shake off the rust of his finger injury. The Seahawks have won two games in a row, scoring 30-plus points in each of those games. So I think he's finally back to the rust of old. And even though the Rams have given him fits, he's still Russell Wilson, still has Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and now maybe an emerging Rashad Penny in the backfield to work with. So I do think even with Ramsey being back on defense, and the way Aaron Donald's kind of wrecked havoc on Russell Wilson in his uh, career. I think the Seahawks will score some points in this game. I'm not worried about them uh, contributing to the scoreboard, whether they're playing from ahead or playing from behind. So I think over is the play here. Um, But again, try and get on that as early as possible, because I wouldn't be surprised if this keeps steaming up closer to 50 uh, as we get towards kickoff. Now in the prop market, Aaron, I haven't seen much posted uh, as far as the player prop market as early as this morning. Have you found anything or is there anything that stands out as a play you'd make depending on the number?
1: The only thing that I'm seeing right now is touchdown score props. I mean, like you can't really go wrong with Odell Beckham, at plus money, plus 120. Yeah. Cooper Cup's the highest up there, minus 125. I think if you're expecting points, you can start betting on some of these players. But Odell Beckham at plus 120 probably stands out most to me. Um, but that's all I'm seeing. We're still <laughs> limited props. It's been something we've been struggling with in the <laughs> last 48 hours trying to make picks for this game.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, the only player props I saw on Caesars were the, the kickers, um, and their props. And that's not really a prop market I'm interested in, but not that you can't <laughs> make money there and cash, t- uh, cash, uh, tickets with a uh, kicker props. Um, I would look for, uh, on the Ram side, I would look for Odell Beckham Jr. Over his yardage total, as long as it's in the, you know, upper forties, lower to mid fifties. I think that's something that can be attacked. He obviously is getting, far more comfortable in this offense each and every game that goes by. And uh, he will be counted on each and every week that is coming to be a playmaker for this Rams team. Uh, and I think the way to attack the Seattle uh, secondary or the Seattle defense is through the air, Matt Stafford at home, having Cooper cup, Odell, and Van Jefferson. We'll see about Tyler Higbee. That would be certainly a loss, but if Higbee's out, that funnel's, that Mm -hmm. that portion of his pie even more towards the Cooper cups, the Odell Beckhams and the van Jefferson's, the reliable weapons that they have out on the perimeter. Um, So I would definitely look there depending on Matt Stafford's yardage prop. I would play that over. Um, If it gets up into the upper two eighties, the lower two nineties, that's probably a little high. Anything in the, lower or the lower 280s, maybe if you get lucky, the upper 270s, that'd be something I'd be comfortable with. And uh, one that may be speculative, but I really think is going to um, be a soft line to attack is Sony Michelle rushing attempts. I think the line is Mm going to be really, really low because Daryl Henderson is back. And when Henderson was healthy, he was the lead dog. But when Henderson went out, Michelle, without being crazy explosive, I think made the Rams run game far more imposing and more consistent he wasn't breaking off 20 30 yard runs but he also wasn't getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage he was making positive plays with each and every run whether it was two yards three yards four yards he kept the offense on schedule and as a Rams fan I hope Sean McVay noticed that I think he did I think the team noticed the way that Michelle set them up for more second and medium second and short third and short opportunities which of course are easier to convert for your quarterback so if Michelle's line indicates that the books think he's the backup again to Daryl Henderson I think he's going to lead the Rams in rushing attempts I think Daryl Henderson is going to now come back and be the change of pace running back not the starter so anything in that 11 12 maybe 13 and a half is about as high as I'll go if it's in that range I would play but Michelle, over if it gets to 14 15 i think that's a little bit too high but i do think you're looking at a 14 15 carry game um at minimum for michelle uh unless the rams get behind really big really early i think that's pretty much the only way the rams stop running the football with the success they've had during this two game resurgence having michelle be the lead back and feeding him 20 plus carries in each of those games so something to look out for as those uh, markets start to get posted but as of uh early Tuesday morning they weren't available all right that's two Tuesday night football games to wrap up week 15 uh NBA slate is uh kind of kind of sparse I think we've got four or five games you have five games on the docket anything that uh you want to touch on in the association Aaron?
1: yeah I'm looking at the Trailblazers versus Pelicans game only because these teams are not dealing with COVID so I'm going Brandon Ingram over 24 and a half points he's hit this number in three of the last four games averaging 25 points in the last five games. And the Trailblazers' defense ranks 25th in points allowed, 26th in field goal percentage, 30th in three-point percentage. I think Brandon Ingram will be able to hit over this also because the Portland Trailblazers might be without Damian Lillard. He's now in question. And the Trailblazers are also 2-11 and 11 straight up on the road this yeah. season. They're actually on the road. I know they're going to be on the road in this game. They are coming off a win on the road against the Grizzlies, which was great. Dame was awesome in that game. Again, he might be out, but Portland also allows shooting from the field on the road. So just in this game, I wanted to take a player prop for the Pelicans and go with Brandon Ingram over 24 and a half. Yeah, I like
0: that handicapping there. The the Trailblazers have been a team I've loved to attack on the road. I will say, though, if Dame plays, this is a contingent play. If Dame Mm -hmm. plays, I actually kind of like the Trailblazers plus the one and a half or on the money line plus 105. but I think they can win this game. If Dame is there, if he's not, then that, that changes the calculus tremendously. I, I wonder if yep. the trailblazers have found something here recently. They're coming off two really good wins. They beat Charlotte at home pretty handily. Then they went on the road to a Memphis team that had won, I think 10 of 11 or 10 of 12 games and they beat them uh, as an outright dog. I think there were nine point dogs in that game and beat them. And Dame looked like he, the Dame of old. I think he's starting to get used to playing without CJ McCallm. Obviously that, McCollum is a piece you want for the Blazers, but I think Dame is finally starting to take over and say, listen, I got to carry this team on my back. So if he's able to play, I trust Dame more than anyone else on that Pelicans team. They're just not that good. They only have 10 wins this season, so I I don't like, anytime I see them as a favorite in a game, I want to attack that uh, the underdog, but this is a of course, contingent on Dame playing. If you find out that he's out, um, you know, do not bet this game. I would just wait, 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 and see what happens with Dame, And then uh, once you get that news, make the play. Also should mention the Suns and the Lakers. Um, Lakers are seven-point dogs at home against the Phoenix Suns, maybe trickling down to six and a half. Obviously, there's no Anthony Davis. And the Lakers have struggled. They just got beat by Chicago at the United Center, and that Chicago team wasn't exactly um, full health. Uh, We know the Suns are just about to welcome back Devin Booker. He just came back, so I kind of like the Sun side here. I would either play the Suns or pass. Mm -hmm. The total is the highest on the board of 223.5. I would probably stay away from that. I think it's a little high considering the how good the Phoenix Suns defense is but the Lakers do like to play fast so that can boost possessions and boost um, scoring probability but I would play the under or pass on the 223 and a half I do kind of like the <laughs> sun side especially if people are going to start betting on the Lakers thinking that number's too high Lakers just aren't that good right now plain and simple and yeah. there's no other way to slice it so uh, there's a look at the NBA there is a couple of bowl games uh, I will just mention um, no, no real strong plays here but we do have two football games this afternoon in the collegiate ranks um utsa um is one of the uh uh, participants against san diego state in the frisco bowl which i think is actually be a good game san diego state ranked inside the top 25 utsa was the best team against the spread all year long and they're a three-point underdog here so just consider that they were amazing against the spread this season and they're catching points against san diego state a really good football program and then in the potato bowl You got Kent state against Wyoming, Wyoming, a three and a half point favorite against Kent state. So I know in my bowl mania picks, I think I have Kent state there Uh, and they may be my dog of the day. They may be my dog of the day on an early edition of daily wager, by the way, 2 PM Eastern, 11 PM, 11 AM. I should say, uh, Pacific time. So that's just a mere 90 minutes away as of this recording. So make sure you're locked into ESPN 2 uh, early today for uh, Aaron, myself and Joe Fortenball on daily wager. That'll do it for our podcast today. A little more than 10 minutes of the bets you need as promised from the NFL, from the NBA and a little college football mixed in there as well. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate review and follow. If you're enjoying the program, it helps us out tremendously and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the daily wager podcast.